0: you know dwelling place is really kind of unique and y'all are not strangers to seeing uh brothers and sisters in the lord from various parts of the the world coming in um you know from all the way from africa and the middle east and and uh the balkans and europe and but this morning uh, we have one of those uh, very special privileges uh a uh, number of years, I guess two years ago, I had the opportunity to, to preach in uh, in a Pastor Sheets' church in uh, Zagreb, Croatia. let My southern accent messes his name up all the time. So, but uh, uh, one of the most significant churches, I would say, it's all of, all of that region. Uh, also, out of that church has been planted. There are somewhere around 20 churches. I, I, and uh, in in very significant part of that country, it has uh, influence into the the government there. When uh, not too long ago, the uh, Lord put him sitting next to the president, president of the country, as you were flying in, and and God gave him blessed the president, and he wins the election landslide, uh, you know. And then um, they were done wrong. And this last, by some of the governing officials there, and, and the pastor warned them and said, don't be careful, and uh, you mess with us. And so it's interesting, they'll be probably the crew that is going out this time. This pastor warned them, and they were not responding accordingly. So when you see, uh, you know, pastors got one of the, the, the authority, you know, we were talking about last night, and I, I told him, I said, you know, he's got one of these authorities that if he speaks in the country, he can speak things because God has placed him in that place. Uh, It can have significant effect. Whereas myself, you know, I may have authority in this in somewhat in the spirit. If I speak something, it does not have that profound of an effect in the country or even in our area. But pastor is one of these brothers that when he speaks in that region, it has an effect in the spiritual realm and it's, and that's why I think it's a really a really important honor for us to have a relationship with them because we, have, we do have a heart for that part of the world. Danielle and being there and Ben being down in the southern part in Greece and Bethany and, and John Luffy and, you know, and I could go on the list. And, uh, and our heart there. So I just want to ask Pastor Shishko to come and, and just uh, share what God's put on his heart. I told him... Uh, just speak it. Uh, I did not. Ask, I'll be honest with you. We did not ask him here to come and pat us on the shoulders. I'll be honest with you. I asked him here to come and speak. He's one of these guys that'll tell you what he thinks. If you don't want to hear, if you don't want to know what he thinks, don't ask him, because uh, or stay away from him. And uh, and I ask him. I think there's some things so much that we can learn here in Dwelling Place In the Fellowship of Churches here. So I'm just going to ask it. God just bless and open our hearts that so we can hear what god 's got to say for us. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for my brother Pastor Shisco, come to be able to come here and Lord, I just thank you for this privilege, but Lord, I also I ask that you would open our hearts that we would be able to hear the word that you have put on his uh, in his heart, Lord, a word not to just uh, flowery things that tickle our ears, Lord, of some pastor just coming here just to speak in uh, this word of just to excite us, Lord, I pray that it'll be a word that changes the direction of our lives. Lord, I pray that we come with that part heart, uh, Lord, that as you, uh, Robbie, and them are singing, Lord, that uh, we surrender. Lord, we surrender that a form of teaching which we have, uh, Lord, Lord, we have, you've been entrusted to you. So, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, you got that one
1: hallelujah yeah hallelujah <laughs> yeah hallelujah yeah. i don't hear you
2: well
1: <laughs> god is good amen yeah. my name is Damir fish Alić, and i come from bosnia from the city of srebrenica right now i'm living in and my wife is from sarajevo and together we have four children so we are very very blessed and very very happy and uh, Pastor Rick did not tell you last uh, this year, actually, he came, and the last year also, but he was teaching in our Bible school, and we had a really, really good time. Pastor Rick is really servant of the Lord, and we are very thankful for him, and also for the team that came together and ministered in the Bible school. We had a good time together, and the fruits are coming forward, and we are looking forward to get him back to us, if it is possible, and also some other people also from... uh, From uh, your church, Hallelujah. Uh, I heard last Sunday you were speaking about Beloved. I came to a few houses, you know, and I saw this piece of paper, and it was written Beloved. And I was thinking, because it was in several, uh, in two different houses, actually, I was thinking, what does it mean? (laughs) Because just a short time ago, I was speaking in my church. And uh, I was sharing also on being beloved, and that word "beloved" means dearly loved by God. hallelujah, can you say to yourself, "I am dearly loved by God? Dearly loved by God. Come on, say it, please, <laughs> say to yourself i 'm dearly loved by God, hallelujah, yeah. say to somebody else now turn to somebody else and say, "You are dearly loved by God, hallelujah. <laughs> It's wonderful that we are so loved by God. Hallelujah. He loves us so much. You know, when before I became a Christian, I was kind of a tough guy. And I think I am still, but maybe not like I used to be. Anyhow, that one of the things, you know, that really changed my life it was the love of God. I find out that He really loves me. I find that he really cares about me. And the hole that I had in me, nobody could fill up. And when he came, he filled it all the way through. And he keeps on doing that every day of my life. And I'm very thankful that I'm loved by God. Hallelujah. I come from the Muslim background. Not really committed Muslim, but uh, my background is a Muslim background. And when I gave my life to God... I really had to decide, you know, I want to follow God. So I'm not playing the church. I'm not playing, you know, Christianity. I'm, I'm really, I know that God is alive. Jesus came in my room, you know. He gave His peace. He gave His joy. He gave His life unto me. My life was changed in one night when He came in. And when I knelt uh, beside my bed and I said, If you are real, if this is the truth, I want you in my life, do certain things in my life, I asked Him. And then He just came in the room. And I was afraid to look at Him. But, you know, I felt the peace. I felt the joy. I felt the new life coming to me. And that night I was changed. So, I... I know that Jesus is alive I know that he is real and the things that we know from the word of God I know they are real because that night I was reading the gospel of John and I came to the end and I knew that I knew that I knew that what is written inside is the truth and it concerns me and I had to make decisions and that's why I knelt by my bed and I asked God if you are really real if this is really true I want to serve you but Please do something in my life because of the situation I was in. And today I would like to share with you from the Romans 1.16. I I think some of you know that verse. Hallelujah. And that verse is saying, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Hallelujah. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of Jesus. I am not ashamed of his gospel. Hallelujah. That's what Paul is saying. And this is a very bold statement. Hallelujah. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. There are many situations in which I was ashamed, you know. When I became a Christian, I was a little bit ashamed to pray in the, in the public, you know. I was working as a chef. And then I will make a meal for me. And then I will come out, you know, to around the table and to eat that meal. And then people, guests of the restaurant will be there. And I was ashamed to pray for the prayer of blessing for the food. Have you done that sometime? Come on, be serious. (laughs) Tell me if you... Oh, you, you never were ashamed of that. It's, uh, it's only me, you know. I was ashamed, you know, to pray sometimes in the public, in the front of other people. There are situations that I was really, really ashamed of Jesus and the gospel. In the beginning, you know, uh, my country, when I got saved was communist country, And then I come from the Muslim background and, you know, there is this atheistic spirit that forces you down to renounce Jesus, to say there is no God. And, you know, to say openly I believe in God, you felt like you were, you know, nobody or nothing. And then um, we were prosecuted because of that. Then, you know, that today when we have the religious people in the country, you know, people who, who used to be the communists, most of them became now religious belonging to their uh, denomination, national denomination. In Croatia that is Roman Catholicism. They did not change from the inside, they just changed the dress, you know. They took off the communist dress and they put new religious dress on themselves but anyhow you know every time when you say that you are not roman catholic they will say you are sect and that is you know force wanting to put you down and that is the religion in my country and then through the centuries you know in our country all protestants have been forced down by the Roman Catholics to renounce their faith. There was, even in the 16th century, the law that was made under uh, under a level of state, really, against all Protestants. And there is this pressure that comes against us all the time, you know, to renounce Jesus, to renounce gospel, to go the other way. And uh, till 1986, I don't know of anybody in my country who would go like this on the street and speak about Jesus like your team in in, uh, Georgia. You know, nobody would go to the streets and speak about Jesus because if you did, you know, police would come and put you in the jail. And I remember I got saved in 84 and in 86, this team of people from Sweden came there and they wanted to go out on the street, you know, and to preach gospel. And I wanted to go with them, you know. I had this crazy, uh, uh, crazy thought in my life. I wanted to live for Jesus and I want to be, you know, kamikaze. You know what is kamikaze for Jesus? You know, if I need to die, I will die for Jesus. But I just want to serve him. I just want to love him. And they wanted to go out on the street. And I said, I'm going with you. Nobody have done it in former Yugoslavia like that before. Everybody was afraid to do it. And these Swedish people, they wanted to do it. And I said, I am going with you. And we were in the city in Dubrovnik. And we stood out at the place, you know, to, to, to sing first, to draw the people to come and then to start to preach to them, and I was standing there and my, my foot was shaking, you know, I was afraid, and I am not singing, but I was singing with them, just to be there, and to really start to, to witness to people. And little by little, I have overcome this fear. I have overcome this shame, you know. Little by little, we made the breakthroughs. And today, you know, we preach gospel. We preach it on the radio. And we preach it on television. And we preach it on the streets. And we preach it wherever we can. But in the beginning, you know, I had this shame. I had this fear Uh, of the gospel and of Jesus. Hallelujah. I was afraid to preach his gospel. And when I said I was afraid to preach the gospel, you have to understand there are many people, even some of you tonight here, who are afraid to preach the gospel. And what I mean by that, every part of the gospel. There are many pastors, there are many churches who are afraid to preach the gospel and every part of that. And it is my understanding that any church that does not preach every part of the gospel, in that church, Christ is not the Lord and He is not the King. As the church and as the believers, we are called to preach every part of the gospel. And today, many churches are actually falling from that to preach every part of the gospel. You see, in the time when I was in the church, and actually when we were starting the church, you know, in the church I was, to do just like this, you know, was a kind of shame. And I remember the lady, she said, I don't want to go to that church because pastor is doing this, you know, in the rhythm of music, you know. And to come out and to dance before the Lord, you could not imagine that. You know, to lift up your hands and praise the Lord, you couldn't do that because we were ashamed. And then there was a pressure from the church people to do it. To speak in the tongues, many people are ashamed to speak in the tongues. And to shout loud to God, many people are afraid to shout loud to God. People are afraid of the gospel. People are afraid of what God wants us to do, to speak in the tongues, to to prophesy, to pray for the healing or for the other things. You see, people are ashamed of the gospel. Believers, I am talking to some people here today. You see, in our country, the prophecy or the prayer for healing, in the 80s, it would happen only if somebody from outside would come. It did not happen, you know, with the people who were native people in Croatia. And what God did really, he put desire in my heart to preach full gospel. And that's why we started this church in Zagreb To preach full gospel and to do everything that believers did in the Bible time. And that Jesus really was doing in the Bible time. To preach whole gospel and not part of that. And we can speak about so many different things. You see, in my country, there are not uh, there are very few churches that know about spiritual warfare and that preach about spiritual warfare. In my country, there are many people who do not know what is in prayer. And they have never prayed that kind of prayer. Many people do not speak in the tongues. Many people do not speak about some other truths from the gospel. These truths, many different truths, are marginalized. They are put on the side, and the people don't want to get into that. And with all due respect, you know, to all the believers, Wherever they are, I like them, they are my brothers, but we are called to preach full gospel. We are not called to preach part of the gospel that we like. He wants us to preach whole gospel, and not to be ashamed of either part. You see, Jesus in the Bible is the same in all different churches. His message is the same. But when you come to some churches, In that churches, Jesus is not doing what he was doing and what he is doing. He is not healing some people. He is not baptizing in the spirit some people today in some churches. Not because he is not doing, but because the church don't believe he is doing that and he is not preaching that. And many believers behave in that way. And the the forces of the evil one are trying to suppress the message of the Lord. He wants us to preach parts of the gospel. You see, many people today, they don't want to preach about hell. But let me tell you, hell is a real place. For many people, you know, there are truths from the gospel that they just don't take. They are kind of choosing, you know, I like this, he loves me, he don't loves me, you know. And then they are saying, I like this, I don't like this. And I take what I want. That's what people really do with the gospel, with the message of the Lord. And we are not supposed to do that. We are supposed to take it whole. Hallelujah people and the demons also are making pressure through the shame and through the fear to bring uh, to bring us on the lower level than God wants us to be. And the forces of hell really want us to have some other gospel. Praise God for everybody who is saved, but there is another gospel. And there are all different kinds of another gospel. When you see and read Galatians... First chapter from 6 to 10, Paul is speaking about people who have been twisting the gospel and who are preaching another gospel, not really the gospel of Jesus Christ. In my country and I know around, there are people who are doing that. And this is the trend today, you know, don't speak nothing confrontational, be tolerant respect everybody and of course there is a place to respect and to love everybody and i fully support that but i cannot respect and love every truth that they bring out i respect what is the truth from the bible i gave my life to jesus and i said to him i will be faithful to you and i will preach your gospel i will preach what you have said There is another gospel, and it brings false comfort to the people. And it cannot give you what God wants you to have. People take the gospel that is good for them. And you know, in many churches, people take the gospel that is not confronting the sin. And in that churches you can be kind of lukewarm, you know, you can be shallow and you can have your pulse or wrong dignity the way you want it. But you know, God don't want us to have those things. In many churches which preach this false gospel, you know, not much is asked of the people, but also nothing is given unto them. And in some churches even, you know, people will go to hell from the churches. I don't want them to go there. God don't want them to go there. But, you know, they are deceived. And there is a kind of godliness, really, that they have, but they don't have the power of God. And people are singing the songs, you know, and it can be very nice and good songs, but there is no power of God. And we need really to come to the place where we are not performing but where we are worshiping God. Yeah, yeah. We need to come to the place where we are really doing what God mm. wants us to do and not to do what we want to do. Mm. So many people come to church just because in that church they can do what they want to do. And God wants us to do what He wants us to do. You see, In these churches, you can have the control, but you know, you will not have the glory of God. God wants to have the control, and that is the place where he will pour out his glory. But what we want in the churches, we want to take control. And then eternal life and the kingdom of God, you know, will not come to the people that will take control from God. Because God is the God. I don't know how to say it differently, but God is a God, hallelujah. God is a sovereign God, there is nobody above God. You know, the country, President Obama or any other president, president of my country or whosoever you know, he is not sovereign, my God is. He is the only one that don't give account to nobody. You have to give account to many, and in the end, you have to give account to God, but God gives account to nobody. He just can do what He wants, you know, anytime, any place, with you and with me. even if you believe it or you don 't believe it, you see, God is a sovereign God, and in the Bible we read, He let the James be killed, first martyr in the Bible, but he saved Peter from the jail. Why he did not take James out from that situation? Because he did not want to. And you see, James could not say nothing to him, or the church could not say nothing to him. Both of them, James and Peter, both of them were in the faith. And then we read in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, you know, there are people who have conquered the world, people who were healed, there are people who were really uh, uh, getting their people back from the dead, you know, and things like that. And then we read in the continuation, we read that some people were killed, some people were tortured, some people were hungry. And you know, why did God treat one people this way and the other people the other way? Because He is a sovereign God. He don't need to give account to you or to me. But we have to give account to Him. And today in many churches, you know, we forget that. We think we are God. It has to be our way. But it's not like that. It has to be God's way or no way. Or we can do it the way we want it, but then the day will come when we will not be able to do it. And then we will feel sorry that we did not do it God's way. A gospel was not made according to our measure. You have to understand, God did not make the gospel to suit us. The gospel doesn't suit us, it suits God. The way He wants to have it. And every believer and every church has to please God. The church was not made to please you. The church was made to please God. You and I, we are made to please God. And in our lack of knowledge or in our weaknesses, you know, we say we want church to be like this. Is God happy with that? Let me tell you, God is not happy with that. That's why in many churches we take this part of the gospel out of the church. And we are coming in with partial commitment To do our own will. As I said, we say, I take this, I don't take this. We don't like strong prayer. We don't like to fast. We do not recognize authority of the scripture. We do not recognize authority that was given to the leaders. And when the churches do not have the power of God, you know, we preach the gospel without gifts of the spirit and without power of God. And then we make another gospel and we say the gifts of the Spirit and power of God and ministry gifts and things like that, you know. They were just for the first century. That is another gospel. That is not the gospel of the Bible. In some churches, Jesus that they preach is not Jesus from the Bible. Because he is not healer the churches or the saints in the churches are not like the saints like from the bible like peter like a paul like philip and the others who have prayed for the people to be healed to be delivered to be raised from the dead you see his church should be his church the way he wanted to be it from the beginning Many people and many churches are afraid uh, to speak and to preach about healing. I know it is not the case in this church. But you see, in many churches, people simply don't pray that Jesus will heal somebody. They don't lay their hands on the sick, you know. They don't anoint people with the oil. There is no prayer of faith in those churches. And even God wants them to have it. You know, there is a case, this wonderful case, actually, the the man who was having um, multiple sclerosis. Okay, the man was really uh, getting that he get um, from the doctors that he has it, and you know he asked his. He asked his uh, relatives to take him to Pentecostal church. And he said, I read in the James, you know, that if anybody of you is sick, you know, call unto your elders. Let them pray for you, anointing you with the oil and the prayer of faith will raise up the the, the sick person, you know. And he believed that and he came to this Pentecostal church and he said, please, will you do it for me? Will you anoint me with the oil and pray for me? And they said, we don't do it here in this church. (laughs) We don't believe it here in this church. And he said, I believe. Please do it for me. (laughs) So they took some oil, you know, and they anointed him and the Lord healed him. Because he had the faith. But there are churches that really don't believe that what is written in the word of God. Hallelujah. We need to be like the church is supposed to be in the Bible. Hallelujah. You see, Peter believed in the healing. He prayed for the healing. His shadow fell on the people, and the people were healed. Yeah. And this is what God wants from us. To His name, you know, through His power, He wants to heal us. Today, I don't know, you know, each one of us is different, and all churches are different, but the thing is like this, you know. There are people who don't believe really in salvation. I can come in my country out on the street, people say, I am a Christian, I go to this church, you know. And I would ask them on the purpose, are you saved? What you mean saved? Nobody knows if he is saved. That is the official teaching of the church. And if you say, I am saved, you know, they will simply say that you are too proud. And you are thinking just like that. Now, here is the thing. Do you ask your fr- friends, are they saved? Maybe you believe in salvation, but do you ask your friends if they are saved? Do you know that they are saved? Do you have a friends which are not saved? Are you afraid or ashamed to ask them if they are saved? Hallelujah. Do you ask them, do they believe in Jesus who baptized in the Holy Spirit and gives you gift of the tongues? Do you believe in the gifts of the Spirit? Do you believe in the deliverance and the healing? You see, there are many other things. When we were praying this morning here, you know, the Lord reminded me about Christians who believe in the shout, praise with the shout. God says, shout unto the Lord. It is the word of God. But in many churches, there is no shout. In Numbers 23, it says that the Prophet could not curse Israel because there was a shout of the Lord in the camp and the curse could not come over them. We do not know the power of shout. We made Christianity to be just silent, silent and meditative. And there is a part to that, of course. But you see, there is no shout of victory in the church of God and in the lives of the people. I remember in the year 88, we were going with the Swedish group to the city of Sarajevo, which was more than 50% Muslim city. And as we were coming to this city to go out and to preach on the streets of the city, you know, I saw this mask there, and in a moment when I saw the mask, Spirit of Islam really wanted to come so strongly on me. I felt the fear, and I felt like something is pressing me together. And in a moment, I reacted, and I opened the window of the car, and I shouted with full voice, Hallelujah! And in a moment, I broke that fear that was coming on me. And I broke that oppression that came on me. It just felt off. You see, many people cannot shout to the Lord. We sing, you know, shout to the Lord, but we are really singing. You know. It's not shouting. It's not doing that from the depth of your being, giving yourself to God. You see, there are many believers who are kind of, who will be kind of uh, shocked when they come to heaven. Because of loudness and the shout that is going in heaven. I am honest with you. Many people say, take me, give me that easy way, you know. Do not offend me. Make me comfortable. That's their gospel. That's not Jesus' gospel. He, he did not come to make you comfortable. He said, I came to bring the sword. And it will put you away from some people. In your life. If you want really to follow God, the people will come against you. Soon or later. Hallelujah, And Paul said this, and I believe we all have to have it. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to preach whole truth all the time, whenever it is a good opportunity to me for me to bring people to the fullness of the gospel. He said, I did not miss to tell you everything that I was supposed before he would. He would be taken to go into jail. That's what he said. And I want to preach whole gospel. I want to bring you whole truth. Are you ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you ashamed of Jesus? Are you ashamed of any part of the gospel of Jesus? Hallelujah. Have you lost the boldness? Did you ever have it? God wants you to be bold about preaching whole gospel. This is really His desire for us. Then you know, are you bold or you are ashamed or afraid to speak about His healing power? His delivering power. His power to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and the power. He wants us to go in the full strength and He wants us to preach the gospel that comes together with the power. Not just the kind of gospel. But the gospel. Hallelujah. That's what God wants for us. And I'm challenging you this morning. If you lost your your um, boldness. I challenge you really to come to God. And say God give me the boldness to preach your gospel without any shame. Hallelujah. To yeah. stand for you. To bring it to the people that will come across my way. And to people that you will bring me to. Hallelujah. Can we stand together? We need to finish at 10 o'clock. But I would like to pray before that. Hallelujah. 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 I, I, I hope I have challenged you this morning. I hope I have challenged you really to, to rethink, you know. Are you, are you living in your gospel or in Jesus' gospel? Gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you make the church and your uh, uh, godliness to be the way that it suits you, not to serve Him? If you have made Christianity and your godliness or way of living to suit you, you have to repent from that. You have to say, I'm sorry. You have to say, Lord, I want your gospel in my heart. And in my life. And I want to submit to you. And do what you want me to do. Hallelujah. This is my challenge to, for, for you. Check out on yourself. Nobody wants to put finger on you. It's between you and God. But you have to check out on yourself. Are you pleasing yourself. Or you are pleasing God. The purpose of our faith. Is to please God. To do thing. Warm- He wants us to do and not to do what we want to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that your spirit will work in every of your children this morning, Lord God. I pray that they will not be ashamed to confess that they are living in their own kind of gospel and not in the gospel that is your gospel. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for humility in the hearts, Lord God, and I pray for this desire that we want to please you. With all our strength, Lord God. I pray that you will give this desire to each one of us, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you would like me to pray for you for the boldness, to preach the whole gospel and to live all gospel, I would like you to come forward. And we can, I, I would like to pray and lay hands for you so that the Lord will release the anointing on you to be bold. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I got saved in the 80s. Carmen was singing at that time. I, I uh, No baby, and not ashamed of oh, the gospel of his name. Now you are all bold or you don't want to come.
3: <laughs>
1: Hallelujah. You don't need oh. a prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come and line up across, across here in the front. Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. I want everybody from, uh, yeah, that to stay back. To stay connected with us through prayer or through praise. Don't just look. Please start to pray for the brothers and sisters. Start to pray that God will do in each one of us what he wants to do. That his will will be done. Hallelujah. Stay connected with us through prayer or through praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give you glory, Lord. We give you glory, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Turn your face. Turn your thoughts towards Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Lord God, we cannot do nothing in our strength, but you can give us the strength that we need, Lord God. You can give us anointing to break through, Lord God, to rise up to the new levels, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, you will do it. We are your beloved, Lord God, and you will give us new strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice from the back. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice from the back. Hallelujah. He gave his life for you. You can give your voice for him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for your anointing to come on your children. As I lay hands, Lord God, on them, I pray that the boldness will come true, Lord God. I pray for the spirit boldness, Lord God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, like in Acts 4, Lord God, I pray that your spirit will come strongly on them, Lord God. Let anointing flow, Lord God. Let the anointing flow in the name of Jesus, Father. Boldness, boldness, boldness. Hallelujah. To be the light, Lord God. To be the salt in the name of Jesus, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. I release your boldness over them. Over each one, Lord God. I release your boldness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father, I pray for the boldness to surrender completely, Lord God, completely, Lord God, every part, every thought, every feeling, every desire, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Hallelujah. Oh, you honor them. You love them, Lord God. Hallelujah. And I pray, Lord God, that it will come the same way ba 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 you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, let the anointing flow. Hallelujah. Oh, stir them, stir them, stir them from inside out, Lord God. With your spirit, with the boldness. Hallelujah. Oh, to speak for you and to do what you want them to do, Lord God. Hallelujah. I release your anointing, Father. I release your anointing in the name of Jesus, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I release your anointing. Hallelujah. Start to speak in the tongues. If you have the gift, start to speak in the tongues. Hallelujah. Speak so you can hear yourself and others can hear you also. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God. Let the anointing flow, Lord God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Father, let the anointing flow, Lord God. All oh, boldness, boldness, Lord God, to live for you, to glorify you, Lord God. To do whatever you tell them to do, Lord God. Hallelujah. I call for the boldness to come, Lord God, forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All that from the belly, Lord God. Let your spirit and the rivers of living water flow, Lord God. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give me the sound from the back. Hallelujah. He gave his life for you. You can give your voice up for him. Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We adore you, Lord God. We lift you up in this, uh, uh, in this time, Lord God. We lift you up in our lives, Lord God. You are God, and we give you glory and honor, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Father, I pray for every family represented here, Lord God. I pray for your blessing to come over them, Lord God. I pray for your salvation to shine through, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that each family represented here will experience, hallelujah, your power released through them, Lord God, unto the others in the wider family, Father. In the name of Jesus, I speak the blessing over them, Lord God. I speak the blessing over them, Lord God, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will remind them and that you will encourage them and strengthen them to be bold, to preach the whole gospel. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Father.
3: Jesus. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I
4: just, I was just hearing a word this morning, and it's really more pronounced now. It was pushed back. Um, what I was hearing is, and what, I'm, what I was hearing, and what our brother was sharing with us. Is that we need to engage. Hallelujah. No, we're not engaged. Uh, we're we're many of us, and I, I'm just gonna say this, are about selfish pursuits. We're about about living this life, about the things of this life and, and those things. And what I hear the, what I hear a Brother sharing with us is that we need, need to engage. I got this picture of a tug-of-war and I saw Satan and his demons on one side and I saw Michael the archangel and a couple other angels on the other side and gee, what's the guy in the back? What's, what do they call him? Yeah, he, that was Jesus. And they were just waiting for us to grab the rope. They were ready. And I really feel like that's the word of the Lord. That as the church, as the body of Christ, we need to engage. We haven't engaged. We've been caught up in our own fears and our own worries and our own struggles and our own issues, our own loss of job, our own loss of this or own this or that or we got to get this or we need to go get that and all that. And the bottom line is we need to be about the gospel. We need to reengage. We need to take hold of the rope. We need to push back and not just try to maintain ground, but to take ground. Hallelujah. That's what I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. It's to take ground.
0: Yeah, I want to ask y'all to sit down real quick, please. Thank um, you very much. This is uh We're going to respond to this in a in another way. A couple of other ways. I told you he didn't come here to make us feel good. Uh, praise God for that. That word. Uh, you know, not ashamed. Uh, the Greek word for shame is a picture of hiding. Where like you have something and you hide it. And it's like the old children's song we used to do, you know. Uh, what's the song about this little light of mine? No. Yeah. I'll still do that? <laughs> but, you know, what we'll do is, is we're hiding parts of, of who Jesus is in his heart. In our hearts, I mean, we'll do certain things. We'll say certain things only in parts. And what God is challenging us this morning is to uncover every facet of who he is. Because that's the only way the fullness of him will be manifested. You know, we've been praying about healing in this church and seeing God's power move in healing. I'll be honest with you. As pastor was praying for people, I was sensing there's not a fullness of power being released in here this morning. Corporately, and I'm going, Lord, what is going on? And there's some repentance that needs to occur corporately. And uh, and I, as the sort of a lead elder of a dwelling place, uh, I think we need to just agree together for some things. Because I think we've hidden some things. You know, boldness to pray for the sick, wherever we're at. Boldness to pray deliverance on somebody, wherever we're at. Boldness to pray, to just speak Jesus wherever we're at. Because what we're doing, we're hiding. And the gospel is the power of God. And Paul makes this statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 following. He says, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to check you out. And I'm not going to check your words. But y'all, you think about it. How many of our churches today are based on words? And he says, "I did not come to you with enticing words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the strength, I mean, demonstration of the spirit and of power." He said, "I'm not going to come and check your words out. I'm going to check your power, for the kingdom of God does not consist in words or talk, but power." So the question is: If Paul walked into our fellowship today, would he find what he's looking for when he walks in our house, houses? You now that's where it begins in our houses, or how about this, in our hearts? It begins in our hearts first, and wherever we go in our work, does it begin there? Are we ready to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know, he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. What? They shall what? Lay hands on the sick, they will speak new tongues, and they will cast out demons. They will not drink any deadly poison. They'll not harm them, and they will take up serpents and not harm them. And the latter two are just, if you're out there doing it like I was in Cuba one time, and I got overdosed with, with a sulphur drug and enough to kill me, and it did not harm me. I mean, that's what those latter two are about. But, y'all, there's a place in that that God is going, I want you to not be ashamed of me. I remember times when I was just first came into the charismatic movement and my dad would come into town and I would be in a charismatic church and I would pray that it would be one of those services where everything was going normal. <laughs> don't let somebody give a tongues and do it. Don't do that. Don't do, get weird. And sure enough, every time dad would come, it would be crazy service. <laughs> and I'll never forget one time there was this guy. You remember Terry Rose when we brought him here? Terry's ministry is just signs and power wherever he goes. You know, he walks down, you know, he's in a grocery store and the people get fall out in the power of God. I mean, it's just God manifestations and power. I remember Terry Rose when we were doing the Sacking or Tuli, and then we were doing the internship program. And the Terry was coming down to Gatlinburg, and all the interns wanted to go see Terry. And I knew every time I'm in a service with Terry Rose. I don't care where I'm at. He would call me out. Now he knows me, but he would call me out, and I'm going. And Dad happened to be there visiting me that weekend. And interns want to go, and I'm going. You know, well, and they're going, let's go, let's go. You remember this, Tilly? And uh, and let's go. And uh, and so I go, and Dad, I said, Dad, well, you know, I just got to warn you. If you go, it's going to be different. And in my mind, I'm going, don't go don't go and i had to resolve in my heart that night that Dave's we're going i'm going all right lord but hear this i'm not ashamed you know god you do whatever you want the only person i, I mean really the first person i ever prayed who prayed for me and i went out in power guy was terry rose i've had had hundreds of people praying for me you know well, let me help you brother you know <laughs> i said you know but Terry, the first one, you know, just, well, next thing I know, the power of God hits me, and I'm sort of like that time Burby when he prayed for you up there. <laughs> you remember that? And, uh, but anyway, so I just resolved in my heart. I says, okay, God, I'm not ashamed anymore. Lord, forgive me for the shame in my heart for you about the power of God. Wherever, if you want to mess me up in the spirit anywhere, God, let it be. And so, sure enough, we're in a big service sanctuary, big service. And we purposely, I sat in the middle, I have to confess, I sat in the middle, sort of middle of a section. And sure enough, Terry's up front. He's just preaching along. And all of a sudden, he looks up and he he looks at me and he goes, well, hello, Rick. You know, he speaks that South African accent. Come here. <laughs> oh, here I go. Do you remember this bitch? <laughs> he comes up, you know, he just... And Stood alongside me. I mean, he didn't lay hands on me. He just grabbed my arm and go. And he's talking and starts teaching. Next thing I know, I'm on the floor. There's dad. And I'm just, he's preaching on and I'm out. And, uh, and that day, I just resolved in my heart. It don't matter. But I think we have done that in this church. That there's places in our hearts, Daryl. And I just think we need to repent. You know. I remember Daryl uh, just getting totally waxed in a Baptist church. Trying to be nice and he's all laid up on the side messed up. I think that was the same time you got at the baptismal service. You're trying to go up and watch the baptism and you can't stand power of God. And it's not just the power of God, y'all, just for like effects. God, oh, the power of God to heal the sick, the lame to walk, the oppressed in the heart to be set free, the people that are lost, that are saved. You know, you look in the book of Acts, y'all, they did not spend a lot of time trying to prove the existence of the gospel. They did not have to prove it. The question was, what were you going to do with it, with a God that was in your face? I remember days in Eagle's Nest that people would not come in the meeting because they knew if they came in the meeting, their mail was going to be read. They would not come. Y'all, That's what church is about. To me, not that people are not afraid, but the the, the God's presence. Like it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. If you all come in and you all prophesy. And they will fall on their face declaring what? Certainly what? God is what? Among you. That's what I'm after. So I just want y'all to agree with me as a body and as a leadership for the areas that we have grown ashamed. We've covered up the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I love what Pastor said about all of it. And I love this, what he said. Oh, I couldn't help but think about it. He said, making the gospel after our own image. Remember when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they fashioned a golden calf and, Moses, and Aaron goes while Moses is up top and they fashioned this golden calf and, and out of their earrings and stuff. And Aaron says, this is the God who brought you out of Egypt. Making them after our own image. The Jesus, oh, this is the Jesus that saves us. And Jesus don't fit in boxes. Our hearts, he, he will fit. The question is, do we fit our lives in him? And the passage of scripture I want us to grieve for is, is Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, where it says, I pray that we will be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Hear this, that we would walk in a manner... walk in a manner worthy of him, to please him, hear this, y'all, to please him in every respect, every respect of our life, y'all. I had to grieve this last week. I had somebody come to me in, in one of the fellowship meals or dinners that people in the church came, a new young believer came and they were fellowshipping in Jesus. Then after the movie, they'd go watch a horror movie. Some of the people in the group take this young believer and they go watch a horror movie. And, the, and it confused the snot out of the young believer. And I'm going, Lord God, let us please you in every respect. Ashamed of the gospel. So I just wanted to lead us in a point of repentance as a body. You with me? I'd just ask you to stand with me if you would. I want to ask the elders if they would come here, please, with me, that are here. That yeah, we believe, God, for that. Lord, I just uh, just want to stand as a leader, Lord, asking for forgiveness in the ways of, uh, Lord, that uh, I personally, Lord, have shrunk back in shame in any way, shape, or form of who you are and all that you represent, Lord. Your heart, your desire to see the... Every facet of human existence healed, Lord. The healed, the wounded of heart, Lord. The, the wounded and the sick, Lord. Every facet of human existence, Lord, you desire us to touch and heal and make life, Lord, come. And I pray, Father, that you would forgive me. And I stand in a gap, Lord, also on behalf as a leader in this fellowship and the other churches of Dwelling Place, Lord, and the other ministries that are involved. Lord, we ask for forgiveness. We ask for forgiveness, Lord. That we had have hearts, Lord, that we would not shrink back. We would not hide areas in our heart from the awesomeness and the reality of you. Lord, we pray that in the name of Jesus, Lord, You every facet of us pleases you in every respect. Your word says, without faith, it is impossible to please you. So, Lord, I pray for forgiveness in the areas of unbelief that we have shrunk back in unbelief. And, Lord, not pleasing you. Lord, your word says, "If Lord, the righteous man shall live by faith. If he shrinks back, your soul has no pleasure in us. And, Lord, your delight is for us. You declare over us beloved. But, Lord, I pray that we we declare that to you. You're our beloved and we're just opening ourselves up to all that who you are. So, Father God, I just ask for forgiveness. And with the elders with me, Lord, we stand. Lord, asking, Lord, that we be a body of Christ that represents you in every part of this valley. Whatever the need is, Lord. We do not click in, check in out of with our Christian life, Lord. That it's everywhere we go. Every moment of every day. Lord, in our homes, we're believing you for, Lord, for praying for one another or for whatever's hurting each other, Lord. Physical sickness or heart sickness, Lord. We're believing for it all. Lord, we're believing you, Lord, to set the people free from, from bondages of darkness. So, Lord, I just pray over us and I declare, Lord, we'd be released and sent out. To declare the fullness of you that Lord we have testimony of your goodness we don't have to prove you exist Lord, we can people see you exist and the question is will they receive you so Lord we send us out To declare the fullness of you, saying and knowing that you have granted all authority, you have all authority, and you have given us and declared that every demon is subject to us in your name. Every obstacle is subject to us in your name. We are men and women of like passions. Where it says of Elijah was a man of like passions and nature is us. And he prayed and it did not rain for three years. And three and a half years, Lord. And he prayed and it rained again. Lord, I declare over us the righteous prayer. The effective prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. That we may be men and women of God going out with boldness to pray for whatever gap is manifested in human existence, Lord, that you will fill those gaps with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Any of you guys want to say anything?
3: Um, as as we were getting prayed over at the very beginning, I, I was reminded of the wedding at Cana. And I felt like God was saying that... Um, That that was where Jesus did his first miracle. And the thing that that he was exalting was putting people together. Jesus has always been one to put people together to create relationship. And I feel like there's been an impartation of power this morning in this place among the people who are standing here together. It's happened. But we can increase that power by walking together. The Scripture says that one can put a 1,000 people to flight. And that's a pretty good ratio. But two can put 10,000 to flight. And I think he's, he's telling us that there's an impartation of power, but the correct use of it now is to walk together and to amplify that power in him. Um, and, and we can all do that, but I also feel like, um, like in particular, married couples in agreement huge amount of power and that's part of what the wedding at cana was showing
2: Uh, one other thing i think a lot of times when we hear even messages like this sometimes we can get in that place of just self-condemnation because we've all experienced that place of we missed it we did you know god called us to speak something to somebody and we didn't or or you know god's you know really calls to shout and we don't shout you know we just we draw back and we we gotta throw off that self condemnation and really understand it's the call it's the calling that's the calling on our life. It's not gonna go anywhere. That that that's that place that we can stand in, in confidence and faith that, that God's gonna to continue to grow us. You know, just like the pastor said. I, I mean, it, it, it used to be that place of you know, and God continued took him from glory to glory in that area. And I just feel like some of us have been stuck, and we just feel like we're not gonna go anywhere in that area. But throw off self-condemnation. Throw off that, you know, that burden. And really just ask the Lord just to, to, to come. Come into that place of the calling that God has called us to.
0: So I want to close out on this. Two things I want to close out. One is, let's break off the shame with a shout. And that I God put it on my heart for Sharon Oki to pray for us. Sharon uh, just stood in boldness, believing God for healing in her life. And I just God just kept highlighting her to me today. And uh that, Ted, what are you doing? Get up here. No shame. Get up here. So, um, so it's just on three. Shout Jesus. And that it's the same as here and is out there. Okay? One, two, three. Jesus! yeah i like that sure i
5: think that's gonna start first
3: lord thank you so much for the blessing that we have in you thank you for the blessing of the gospel thank you for the power in the gospel lord god lord we fix our minds and our thoughts and our hearts and our belief on the power of that gospel god your gospel is so powerful it is so powerful lord and we We look to you, Lord, to know even more each day the power of that gospel as we speak to many people, Lord, and as we speak the power of your gospel. Thank you, Father.
5: Lord, we just praise you that you are a faithful God, that you're a good God. Lord, that you desire good for your children and that you have gone to great lengths to bring that goodness into our lives and to make it accessible Lord, I pray that as we walk out of here today that we would be so aware of who you really are. Lord, so aware of your character, your goodness, your faithfulness, your loving kindness, and that no matter what we're struggling with, Lord, that we'd be able to stand on the truth in your word and not um, let the enemy waylay us. I pray that you'd help us to be faithful to you in that way, Lord. That all these blessings that you've poured out on us, that we wouldn't just turn our backs on them, Lord. That we would really um, just stand in the truth and believe that what you've done is true and that it's there for us. Lord, help us just to walk in that. No matter what the enemy tries to do, help us just to stand. Help us just to hold on to what you've given and who you are and we just commit ourselves into your hands in jesus name amen
0: i bless you dismissed thank you Thanks, sir. Ned, thank you sharon man thank you